Baller's life, plain and simple. You know, ask any baller. If, if you know, you know. The game has changed, but it's still the same. You want it, go get it. Shazam! The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line, the shot on Elo. The Bulls win! They win it! Mike, you're honestly telling me that you're top five. Yeah. Top five of all time. No question about it. Booker, this is for the win. Got it. Wow. The ruling on the boys made basket. You know, one thing's for sure. Over at Valley Sports Plug, you're never going to catch us slipping. With the first overall pick, the Phoenix Suns select. Three, two, one, yeah! Welcome to Pass the Outlet, episode 13. I'm your co-host, Michael Benjamin, joined as always by my wingman, Chris Patrick. Chris, how are you feeling tonight, man? What's up, Mike? I'm feeling good. Glad to be back. We're about two months away from the NBA season, but ball never stops. Plenty to talk about, so let's get into it. You're totally right, man. I mean, summertime is when everybody's working on their game. We've seen plenty of summer leagues like Drew Leagues. we got summer runs everywhere like J-Law, Rico Hines, the infamous Black Op runs. We just saw the FIBA pre-qualifiers finish up. We're going to get into some other topics as well. Did we see Devin Booker's signature shoe finally? But before we get there, we got to dive into our main topic of the night, which is the Slam Ball League that came back for the first time in years. And back in August of 2022, the creator Mason Gordon announced that Slam Ball would be returning. And in June, Slam Ball and ESPN announced an exclusive two-year broadcast partnership to air over 30 hours of games on all of their ESPN networks. And we saw the season begin on July 21st. What a great day. That is my birthday. So it was a great birthday present to me. We had eight teams for a six-week season with the seventh week uh, for playoffs. We did see the mob beat the Slashers 72-44 to in the championship on August 17th. But Chris... I don't want to bore the people from stats and statistics and everything on my end. You know we got to bring in one of our favorite guys to ball with. And I'm so happy he's back in town so we can get another one of our running mates back. But we had to ask him to join. And it's Ray Taylor from Team Buzzsaw. Ray, what's going on, man? Appreciate you joining us tonight. Hey, what's up? I'm doing good. Always. Happy to have you on, man. Like. I remember growing up watching Slam Ball League. Like, I think every kid who played basketball wanted to try it out, try jump on those trampolines, see if they could dunk it. I know there's a couple of trampoline parks that started popping up over the last 10 years and going down there and picturing myself in the Slam Ball League was always a, a little bit of a dream of mine. So I'm, I'm excited to pick your brain and hear what it was all like. Oh, yeah, that's that's how, how it was for me. me. My brothers, my older brothers and I would always watch that. Uh, slam ball growing up um whenever it was on tv we tried not to miss it ever and we always tried to like reenact everything we saw on tv just being stupid and uh we would put our <laughs> our couch cushions on the floor and act like those were the spring beds and put a little goal on the wall and we'd be playing like that so that was 
something we would dream about playing. Just never, that's one of those things where you never think like one day you're actually going to be able to play. Definitely wouldn't it's a sport that kept like leaving our view. Right. Very true. And if you're looking at the last time a slam ball league was really going on, I think it was back in 2016 in China. So it's been a couple of years, but man, this summer was super exciting. Before we get into slam ball, Ray, I just got to know, can you let the people know your general sports background? I know you got a lot of it, man. You've, you've been around the block and really dipped your toes into a lot of different uh, sports and leagues, you know, over your lifetime playing. So tell yeah. them what, what you've been doing or what you've done over the past couple of years. Uh, I mean, I try to, I'm a basketball player at heart, but football has always been my main sport. I um, mean, in high school, I played tennis. If it sounds like fun, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a try. It's something I'm going to look into. And that's like just everything in life in general. So I, I played, I played football at Oklahoma state. Um, then had a couple of years at the IFL playing indoor football um the past last summer i was supposed to play in another league that they tried to start up and ended up getting shut down with football and you know i do three on three fiba basketball tournaments so just anything to keep myself active and you know good use of my body Oh yeah. So I know you, you just mentioned that you, when you were younger, you were watching slam ball, like a lot of us did. Uh, I kind of wanted to switch a little bit. You, uh, I watched an interview you did when you were playing football in college and you said something along the lines of that. You didn't like getting hit in football. And that was one thing you didn't like doing. Did you take a lot of hits while you were playing slam ball this last season? I didn't, I didn't take too many hits. I don't mind getting hit. I didn't like getting tackled. Ta tackled makes it feel like somebody like, they got they got one on over me and you know just being competitive that would kind of like irk me so I definitely did my best at staying on my feet um you know a couple people tried to hit me throughout the season didn't oh I did get hit I did get hit uh twice pretty good by you know a couple of people that are pretty good friends of mine now but uh, <laughs> they 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 did get me it was the first game I played um caught me off guard a little bit and I was like, okay, so this is what we're doing. And ever since then, you know, I didn't get it, get too much uh, contact my way. I did pretty good at avoiding that in general. I, I was the one doing the hitting for the most part. There you go. Quick follow-up to that. Was it like, was that in the back of your mind when you're going up off the trampoline, like that you might get knocked out of the air or caught sideways, something like that? Um, kind of not yeah it was in the back of my mind not something i was really worried about i think i'm pretty good at knowing how to fall so um i'd be more concerned getting hit like driving versus me being in the air uh, i picked up skateboarding in the last year so i'm used to falling out of the air and also my brother and i used to play this game where we throw a ball up to the ceiling and one person had to go grab it and the other would have to try to undercut and the goal is to come down still holding the ball. So like falling out of the air has never been a fear for, fear of mine. Mm. So I wasn't worried about that. Um, and also that's if you're in the air and get hit, that's points for us, the person that got hit. So it's not really, I, it was almost welcoming. Well, Ray, I know that you talked about you were, you're trying not to get hit, but man, you did lay the boom a couple of times. You know, we got to show this one, man. How was this 
play coming to fruition here? Was this just trying to get some momentum going for the squad? Or? Uh, yeah, yeah, pr pretty much. Uh, I had just got subbed in, and I was I was pretty juice playoff game, and um, that that's a very good handler for the league. And I saw him coming off the screen like he normally does, and I was like, no matter what, I'm gonna hit him. I know he's smart enough to know to get in the air, but I was like, you know, first quarter game is fresh. Whether he gets in the air or not, I'm going to give him a nice little lick. You know, Marsh Marshawn Lynch appreciated it. But. <laughs> yeah, I know Marshawn was screaming out there. Des Bryant was having a good time as well. But, Ray, we got to go back to the beginning here with the Slam Ball League itself. I mean, how did you find this opportunity coming to your doorstep? And kind of how did you find out about what was, I think they called it, the Super 24 that, Ball mini camp that happened during uh, uh June during June yeah yeah um well I I, I guess I, I heard that it was gonna come back and I'm just like oh my gosh this is some I have to be a part of this there's no way um and so I started looking looking into it didn't really find any good leads or whatever and I kind of just like let it go by um you know in hindsight and um I got a contact someone hit me up that's been uh he's a scout that's been actually like keeping in contact with me through my other sports and said that you know slam ball might be a good opportunity for me and a week later i got a, a call from rob rob um, you know very important guy in slam ball and he um gave me the spiel about what the plan was going forward what it might look like and regarding the super 24 and the next people invited after that i was like it doesn't matter what you say. I'm down. Like, like I'm I'm gonna go. I'll be in Vegas. Like it's it's gonna happen. And um, it did. He called me back later and said I was invited to Super Twenty Four. Be ready to show up June fifth. And I was, I was ready. Was it a lot of guys from like the West Coast, or did did these players come from all over the country to to try out? Uh, it was it was definitely all over the country. Um. And, you know, it's a lot of pride, East Coast, West Coast pride. So it, it was felt and people wouldn't let you, you can't be around and not know that it was a well diverse group from a country standpoint. So like, like Mike was kind of saying, like what were the tryouts like once you got in there and like started the process? Were there, was it like a series of eliminations or did you go through the whole tryout and then they picked the teams? It, it was the, it was the whole well, it was this whole trial, and then they did the draft. Um, for the most part, I mean, it, it was it was fun from day one. But when we first got there, we didn't touch a basketball for the until like day four or something. Um, and we were doing we were on the court for like seven hours a day. It was it was a lot. Um, they just wanted to make sure everybody was comfortable and everybody had a good foundation. Um, definitely paid off because. Everybody's like, oh, we've been on a trampoline before. You know, it's all good. We're just going to come out here. And no, they, these trampolines are different. And uh, getting comfortable is very important, uh, especially to prevent injuries, knowing how to fall and, um, you know, being in control. That way you don't hurt someone else just being wild. So uh, the trial process was, it was a lot. It was, I'm grateful to be through with that because that was, um, pretty taxing and it was like trampoline sleep trampoline sleep 
and that was it for two weeks um, until the team camp started after the draft. And talking about the draft, how did that happen? Was everybody in one room? I don't know, like guys calling up, shaking hands with the creator of Slam Ball. Like, how did that uh, process go down? And did you just get a call, or were you actually uh, there when they kind of called your name? The majority of people. So we all moved to the hotel um, the night before the draft. And pretty much at that point, they were going to have the draft the next day. Some people were invited to the draft ceremony. Um, I had broken my hand the week the week of the draft. So I'm thinking, you know, who, want, who wants a guy with a freshly broken hand? I don't know what's about to happen, what's going to go on. So um, that was how that process went. And then after the draft, um, everybody just pretty much waited for the phone call to find out who they got drafted to or if they got drafted. Nice. So, and the position, position wise, it's not like point guard center, small forward. It looked like there was a handler gunner stopper. And so you were considered, you were classified as a handler for the league, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was handler. Um, and then, so yeah, it's really a handler, two gunners and the stopper it can feel like it's all interchangeable, especially when stoppers come out onto the court, which only about half the teams even did that. But um, it was, uh, that's, that's pretty much how it functioned with that. As the handler, my job is supposed to make sure everybody has a chance, a good chance or opportunity to get to the rim and get a good dunk. Um, sometimes I was in with handlers and so I just played the other role and like those other roles and like gunner is that just like getting out on the fast break going up for alley oops and stuff like that yeah primarily doing getting the cuts being available for for alley oops or um making plays in open space making it easier for the handler gotcha so then to bring it full circle i guess the stopper is probably the guy right under the rim trying to stop the gunners from getting the buckets was would you say the stopper is probably the guy taking the most hits or getting dunked on the most stop stopper is well definitely getting dunked on the most uh <laughs> stopper is by far the most important position um because that can a team a team can be well-oiled machine on offense but they're giving up a bucket every time down uh down the other side of the court it's like the the level of that team's success is going to drop significantly because let's say you play another team with another good stopper and then it's just all dependent on who you know who's on their a game that day as far as the stopper goes um most important position i don't know about getting hit the most they they get beat up for sure um that i think the handlers should be getting hit the most but it probably it, I, I say the stopper yeah you got people flying into it all game. Yeah, right. I've seen I've seen a couple black guys. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of ice, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Ray, I know that you talked about before the season. You did have a little bit of a setback with your injury. Um, I was seeing your Instagram stories with the rap, and I was like, "Oh shit, man, what's what's going on here?" And and I was hoping that everything would turn out well for you, and it did. But how was the road back and, and kind of the process to make sure that you were healed up to finally get on the floor for Team Buzzsaw? Uh, it, was, it was terrible. 
I was so mad. I, I, I couldn't believe it in my hand. It hurt so much. Um, and I, I jammed my, when it happened, my pinky was sideways and I thought, okay, cool. Jam pinky, you know, dislocated pinky popped it in and finished practice. Next day, I'm like, my hand should not be feeling like this. And uh, got x-rays that day and it was a nasty little break on my, in my hand. So I was, I was, I was pretty upset. Um, you can't, wasn't really able to do anything for four weeks. Um, everybody, I'm watching everybody get more comfortable on the trampolines, trying things out. And I'm just sitting here looking sick. Um, you know, my left hand jumper is good right now, though. I, I'll say that. That's <laughs> all I could do is shoot with my left. Um, but I, I was hurting knowing that the season was getting closer and closer. And I was just doing less and less. Um, the trainers are sick of me because I'm trying to figure out why I can't play when my hand's feeling better. First week of games go by and I and I missed that and that meant a lot to me. Um so it was it was it was rough. I'm glad that they let me stick around. Uh, I'm I, I feel like I'm so fortunate and blessed that I got to stick around because a lot of injuries did take place and a lot of people did have to go home. There were some, you know, much more significant injuries that went went down and at least I was able to stay somewhat in shape and be a part of the that whole season it was it was amazing that i got to stay on i am blessed for that for sure yeah thank goodness man it was exciting to watch the whole league play out and i know for mike and i it was really cool seeing you out there doing your thing but that's like number one thing that comes to mind like when you see the guys flying in the air running around and at least for me where i was like how are there not more injuries like this is <laughs> right. gonna be like dangerous but you do have a you have a big football background. Obviously, we know your basketball background. How did how did those two translate to playing in slam ball? Uh, it, I think I think it just made me feel more comfortable. Um, I'm I'm not afraid of contact in in any aspect of the slam ball game or football or you know I'm a physical basketball player, so just you know I felt like I feel like in slam ball I'm able to comfortably do everything you know some people don't have basketball backgrounds so you know dribbling and ball handling is a part of that game you know so is shooting um and being able to comfortably incorporate it all into my game and even work further into it was um was a good process that my background helped a lot in especially with the not worrying about contact playing basketball and thinking like as soon as you dribble the ball Someone can just come, knock you out. <laughs> like you want to yeah. make sure your handles. Are <laughs> that's good different. If, if that's the yeah. game you're gonna play, so it, it it works for me. It's a wild wrinkle to throw in there, in there, man. That's to say the least. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I couldn't even imagine. Do you, Do you think that there was one that that influenced you more than the other, like basketball or football? Uh, it's, it's gotta be it's gotta be football, um, because I just I just so used to getting hit and hitting that the the contact whether i'm trying to go dunk or someone's about to you know target me just so unfazed by that and i know there were a handful of people in the game without football backgrounds that the last thing they wanted to do was get hit like and by any means necessary they were not going to get hit um and that just you know takes away a little bit from what you're able to do on the court you know, the court is so small anyways it's like 
you want to be able to have something to do at all times on the court. And I think that football part definitely helped more. Well, I can that, that. Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. But Ray, I got to ask about some of these matchups. I think at one point I might have texted you and said, yo, you're playing with Fessy from the oh, challenge. Yeah. Uh, ended up, he was on a different team. He was on Team Lava, but yeah, how was that competition? And then did you have any other like favorite matchups, a favorite team that you loved going up against during your time? Well, I, I wish I wish we had more time. I wish we had one more game against the mob. I I did enjoy playing against them. They they whooped us every time we played them. Uh, just very well disciplined team, well well to put together team. But I liked playing them. I, I mean, I'm always going to accept that challenge, and that challenge is you know the challenge is what excites me. Uh, so just the mob team in general. Um, I was always looking forward to playing them. Wish we could have played them one more time. Uh, and then the slashers, their their guard, Tony Tony Crosby. He um he's so fun to play against. Uh, it's just because I I know he's not gonna, he's not going to run away from the challenge, and I see where some other players would like when I'm guarding them, and he he would accept it even if I, you know, got the better of him one time. He's going to try to, you know, he was very comfortable with the game too. So it was like this is the challenge I would want to accept over and over again because he's going to help me be better, and he's like he's one of the better handlers in the league already, anyways. So them them two for sure that team and then that player. Yeah. And with, with that mob squad, I saw that since this league's inception, they were founded in 2000. First inaugural season was in 2002. And like, like Mike said earlier there, it's kind of been on and off again with the league, but this is the third time the championship has been won by the mob squad. And I know obviously it's different players coming in and out, but with this, this year's team, this 2023 team, I know you kind of touched on it a little bit there, but what really made them so unstoppable? I mean, I saw at one point someone asked their coach about how much points they were putting up, and he said, we're never going to stop trying to score. But what was it? Was there really, like, one thing that made them unstoppable, or it was, like, really big picture? No, they were they were just uh, well-drafted <coughs> and uh, well-disciplined. Um, there, there was a part of the game that they understood that other teams just didn't quite get yet. If you watch that mob team play and then you watch – you know, year three slam ball, they're doing things that year, you know, year three slam ball was, uh, you know, season three uh, or the later years of slam ball. They were doing things that those guys were doing um, after having years of playing already, um, especially with the, with the, they understood the timing of lobs and the importance of getting oops to the rim and having a good pace with um, your gunners and other, uh, you know, other teams were starting to pick up towards the end of the season but by then they're they're already that much better because they've been doing it so they they were just a well-oiled machine um and they were real disciplined uh and they you know they had good depth too so i mean one one guy on their team has the guinness book of world records for the highest vertical on you know on normal ground so you know the trampoline it translated for him and he you know they were they were they were good at what they wanted to do and they knew what they wanted to do well and you can't just say that 
they whooped up on you guys. They whooped up on everybody, right? They went 18 and 0. A lot of people were comparing them to the 1972 Miami Dolphins, but that's another conversation <laughs> for another day. But Ray, I got to ask you. I mean, the league took place in Vegas. What were you doing out there, man? Talk to us about a day in the life uh, over those two and a half months that you were out there. I was eating. I, I was, man, they got. When I first got out there, I was disappointed, and I even said it. I, I need to make sure it doesn't get put out there, or I apologize before it gets put out there that I'm disappointed in Vegas food. It's like it's so Ooh. eh. You know, this was like week two or three, and I said this. There is so much good food there, like everywhere <laughs> across the whole city. I'm like, this this place is amazing. Um, really, that was my main focus. I'm I'm going back in a couple of weeks to try out some new food places. But that was my main things. We went, I went out a couple times with the team, um, and had had some fun. But that uh, that's a that's a foodie's paradise. That was found my, the hidden gems. Oh my god! Found what the hidden gems. Get away, cause get away from the strip food. There are actually some good ones. Um, I'm against that. But outside the Vegas city in general, there's so much good food. It it blows my mind. Man, you're so right. I was out there last year, and we went to just some random ramen place that was like a mile off the street. Oh yeah, it was so good, man. <sighs> like, what, did you ever hit up any of the Gordon Ramsay spots while you were out there? Uh, yeah, I have. I'm <laughs> disappointed, but you really, know, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, disappointed. But it, you know, it might be good for some people. It wasn't for me. Um, I hit a, up a handful of uh, all-you-can-eat sushi spots that were crazy. Ooh, I had a couple. Yeah. They There's a burrito place on every corner, sushi on every corner. Uh, and they even have a good uh, Hawaiian cuisine culture down there. It's like there, there's too much good food for me to be worried about. Gordon Ramsay. Right. Love, love and they have, a, they have a bunch of Brazilian steakhouses that I'm going to go back and try one later this month well next in september because I, I love brazilian steakhouses and you know we only got so many around here so nice <laughs> rob rob's <laughs> with it he knows what it is yes with, sir with that being said rob's got another question he said how much did local ymca hoops help ray get better at ball and had to have sh uh, shaped his game immensely <laughs> i got so i got back and i told myself I, I do got, got a couple of nagging injuries and I'm like, I'm going to get back home and I'm just going to rest my body. And, you know, before I start getting crazy again and here, I went, I mean, I went back to skate park today. I, I just couldn't do it. I, I can't, I can't stand to sit still, but I was like, cause I, I did a couple of sprints outside too. So I'm trying to figure out like, how was I getting in shape before I left and YMCA ball? Yeah. Th those consistent runs and, you know, I, I was on the court the whole time because no one could beat my team. So oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Right yeah. before you left, we ran like seven straight on him. <laughs> you and your girl, so, man, we were killing it. So the conditioning for sure helped a lot. And a lot of people, you know, a handful of people showed up not conditioned. And I had a good basketball routine in my life before I left to Vegas. So YMCA, YMCA ball definitely <laughs> Jay's trying to put you in your place over here. Hey, we've all had those times, man. I know there's going to be some people who are excited to have you back, and then 
there's going to be some people who are going to be mad because <laughs> you're going to cut into their time of course. Uh, on the floor. But we got a couple more questions here for you, Ray. Chris, you want to finish off uh, your last one here? Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about getting back out there for the food and, and all that. But are there any talks about them bringing this back next season, or is it gonna is it kind of up in the air right now? No, it's you know that that ESPN deal was a two year uh, contract, so it's, it's it's gonna be back next season. If it doesn't, I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself because I, I'm hurt. I miss it so much. I was there, you know, every morning before practice, and it is is addicting. It is the most fun sport I've ever played. Um, and I, I can't get enough of it. Um, I'm, I'm about to, I'm like looking at which trampoline park here to go mess up some little kids on the, uh, on the trampolines. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get a subscription somewhere, a membership somewhere. Cause I'm, I'm addicted to it. Uh, the plan is to have, ah, there you go. The plan <laughs> is to have, um, a season and then maybe a tour sometime this year, but they're keeping it pretty tight niche there's you know the information i was given was it's big just stay ready you know like all right that's exactly what i'm gonna do oh yeah so it sounds like if, if it does come back you'll be first in line to try and get back out there and be on the tramps again oh uh, yeah my, my car will be fully packed and ready to go <laughs> for sure the gas tank is full no doubt. well yeah well, ray man it was so awesome and super exciting to see you out there uh, on the weekends on ESPN doing your thing, man. And I got one more final question. It doesn't have to do with slam ball, but it's got to do with your Miami heat. How are you feeling about oh next year, God. man? Oh my God. Why, why, why add to the drama in my life? I would, first of all, I'm, I'm sick because of how, how he ended. And I was like, so invested. Like, so I'm, I'm getting out of slam ball practice and going to find a place to watch the Miami heat game um for the playoffs so that was amazing experience to watch them make it to the finals disgusting loss but it's okay what a way to go um and just give us dame it doesn't need it doesn't need to be hard just give, <laughs> give us dame lillard uh they said the talk started back up today so did they do you think he finds his way to south beach do you really think it happens man i i think i think I think he has to. They're trying to. They're trying to push narratives for him to entertain other good scenarios that would work for him. But let the man. Let the man finish his career where he wants to go. It makes no sense. I hope he stays strong, and you know, real recognizes that he does deserve to go to the team he wants to go to. Um, I'm I'm sick waiting for it, but in my mind, it's all it's already you know decided. So it's just a matter of time before he's in the Heat jersey, and everybody's gonna hate me. For sure. <laughs> hey man, I don't know. Don't go out and buy a personalized one just yet. You know, wait no, till it man. officially happens. And you can get one of those nice black Miami South Beach Beach Vice City ones. Those are oh, clean. Yeah, for sure. Definitely the Vice City. Got to yeah. do that. Chris, you got anything else for Ray before uh, we let him go for the night? No, nah, man. I just really appreciate you hopping on with us, Ray. Hopefully you can join us in the future. If we're not talking about slam ball, you're always welcome to come hop on here and talk about the Miami Heat or anything basketball related. Really appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, man. Anything else you got for the people? Uh, no, just be ready for more slam ball. And uh, if you if you catch me, 
gonna have my I'm gonna have my old trapper on me and I'm gonna make you eat some. <laughs> there <laughs> it I'll is. I'll tell you this beef jerky is good. I'm not playing with people. And I'm gonna get your reaction on camera. So just know that. We're gonna get him a paid partnership eventually. But Ray, man, appreciate you, man. Appreciate your time. We'll see you this weekend, dude. Of course. Yep. Thank y'all. Definitely. See you soon, bro. Yep. All right. That was Ray Taylor from Team Slam Ball Buzzsaw. I'm going to be honest with you, Chris. I think they ended up finishing third, but they definitely were the second best team pretty much the entire season, right? Yeah, it seemed it seemed like it. I was I was keeping track of the standings, tuning in when I could, and I was really rooting for them, especially obviously with Ray being on that team. But it it just seemed like the mob were just rolling through everybody. So it's tough how it kind of shook out there. But hopefully we get to see him if they come out with the season next year or in the spring, and I'll be the first one tuning in. Yeah, man, they just missed that championship game. They lost to the Slashers sixty to fifty seven in the semifinals, but. Like you were saying, if you just go back in time, I know Slam Ball hasn't been going since 2016, but technically the mob are, they three-peated, right? They won in 2012 in the MSAA Slam Ball uh, China League as well as 2016. So going perfect within any kind of league, yeah, it's an unstoppable force. But with that being said, Chris, I think it's time to move forward. We're looking a little bit in the future here, Chris. The 2024 Olympics in Paris are happening in on July 26th through August 11th. And I got to ask you a question first and foremost. The FIBA circuit, the Basketball World Cup, are you tapped in? Are you keeping an eye on what's going on with that? You know, a little bit here and there. I got to be honest, I haven't been able to catch too many games. But obviously through social media, I'm able to see the clips, hear some of the buzz around it. This USA basketball team that we have put together, it's not bad by any means. I don't want to disparage them. I know there have been some pundits who have said it's one of the worst USA basketball teams that's ever been put together, but it's it's not in an Olympic year. And so when we get to next year and the 2024 Olympics, I'm sure guys like Devin Booker and other star players are going to be putting their name in the hat and joining that team and playing. So as it relates to 2024 and the Olympic basketball team, I'm very excited. Um, but even with this 2023 FIBA team, it seems like they're they're a pretty solid squad. I mean, we got some old uh, familiar faces in Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges out there doing their thing. And just really excited to see see some basketball in the summer more than anything. Yeah, don't count this USA team out. I mean, they got some young guns, right? We got our old familiar faces, Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson on that team as well. But as basketball fans, Chris, the, the truth about the matter when it comes to FIBA is we got to keep an eye on it nowadays because as of 2020, the qualifications for the Olympic Games is through that Basketball World Cup now. Um, you know, this year it's going to produce seven direct qualified national teams for the Games. Uh, Hosts France, they receive an automatic qualification to the event, um, but the seven spots will include two teams from the Americas, two from Europe, one from Africa, Asia, and Oceania, respectively. And those games are starting up this Friday, August 25th, and go through September 10th, 2023. And the first matchup for USA is New Zealand on the 26th at 5.40 a.m. So for any Ooh. of you early risers, uh, you know, set your calendars, set your alarms, um, get some coffee or some energy drinks in you. But 
Chris, we got to look at this in grand scheme of what's going on with some Phoenix Suns players, right? We know that Yuta Watanabe is playing for Team Japan starting on Friday. We already talked about some old faces with Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. Um, but in regards to what just happened before the World Cup, we had the FIBA Olympic pre-qualifying tournament, which provided 40 countries that didn't make it to the World Cup a hope to still reach the Olympics. And that tournament produced five teams who will move on to the qualifying tournament in 2024. And one of those teams was Team Bahama behind the three-headed monster of DeAndre Ayton, Eric Gordon, and Buddy Heald. I was surprised to see that he was on that team as well. But we got to dive into the outlet point guard first and foremost, Chris. How are you feeling about the additions of Eric Gordon just from what you've seen in your short time from the summer so far? Man, it's a little bit of a different level of competition, obviously, especially you see him here going up against Argentina. A uh, quick, quick little tidbit I did here earlier this week, a player from the Argentina team had criticism for Eric Gordon playing for the Bahamas national team. And I guess it's kind of fair. Eric Gordon was born in the United States and he's part of his criticism. What's that? He's even played for team USA in the past, but mm -hmm. Eric Gordon's mother is Bohemian. She's from there. And so he has really strong ties. So he has every right to play for that team. As far as your question goes, I mean, I think one of my major concerns was Eric Gordon's, you know, advanced age as it goes for basketball but clearly right here he's showing that he's still got it he can get the first step get the step back and I know we kind of originally talked about him just being a three-point shooter but you even see in this clip right here off just a quick crossover he takes him right to the hoop and yams it home so if he can bring that to the NBA and the Phoenix Suns I really like his game and what he'll bring to the, the roster here whether he's a starter or that first guy off the bench Oh, definitely going to be sixth man. I'd love to see him in the sixth man conversation down the stretch as well, because I think he's going to have plenty of opportunities to put the basketball in the hoop. But first and foremost, people, let's let's not get too excited about this jam. I don't know how often it's really going to be coming with <laughs> Eric Gordon, but it's nice to see that he still has some bunnies. But when it all comes down to it, this is the bread and butter. This is what this team is going to be really looking for you know, moving down the stretch and Eric Gordon's going to give the ability for this Phoenix Suns team to win some games just on his shot making alone. Right. I mean, this is just an easy size up, hit him with a one dribble between the legs, step back, something that he's been doing for plenty of years. And I'm super excited to get him in the mix with our own big three when it comes to Brad Beal, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. But I think the big name out of this summer and what we were seeing was DeAndre Ayton, right, Chris? Oh, yeah, with, without a doubt. And he's been playing his ass off for this Bohemian team and really making a name. I think he had 21 rebounds the other night, which that's something we've wanted from DeAndre Ayton as a Phoenix Sun for the longest time is being able to get rebounds. And like you see right there, finishing aggressive at the rim. He has shown the ability to do that off the pick and roll and in open space. But even just right there, a pump fake, putting it on the ground, the court awareness. I think this season's going to be huge where we'll finally get the answer to that question. Was it DeAndre Ayton or was it Monty Williams? And from the way he's been performing here for this team, I mean, maybe it was Monty Williams, right? You might be on to something there, Chris. You might be on to something, but I still got to see him get on the floor with everybody, see how he really fits within the, this rotation. Obviously, he's going to be your starting center. 
but what kind of touches does he get? How does he work off the ball? Does he have the effort and energy on a consistent basis? But <laughs> these are two uh, – lo I love these plays right here, right, because – this first one, it, 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 I wouldn't even put this as a pass from Eric Gordon. He lost the ball, right? But DeAndre, right. Ayton, he, DeAndre Ayton, he has the presence of mind to secure it, give a nice little pump fake, and then use some too low dribbles to get to the rim and finish with force. That's what we want from him, right? We want him to be a, a man amongst boys. You know, you're talking about a guy heading into his, what, fifth year in the league now, Chris, right? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's time to let your presence known. But then this is another, you know, key aspect of DeAndre Ayton's game where he's going to be able to get, you know, it could be six to eight points a game just if he works for it and runs the floor. And you see this energy, he puts his head down, gets his motor running and finishes with force after a nice strong one dribble, you know, right at the rim. But we still have a lot of unknowns, Chris, right, when it comes to DeAndre Ayton. I know that we talked about the competition in regard to these pre-qualifying you know, matchups weren't the greatest, but you got to go off the tape. You got to go off of what's in front of you. And are you getting some hope when it comes to DeAndre Ayton getting back into the mix for this Phoenix Suns team next season? I think so. I mean, I think this is just all a step forward towards his progression into becoming the player we all know and thought he could be. Uh, it does take a little bit of a period of time to mature into the league. I know, like you said, it's in his fifth season now, so you you would hope that he would have it figured out by now. But, you know, honestly, better late than never, right? And with that play where Eric Gordon kind of lost the ball, ended up in DeAndre's hands, there's something to be said for being in the right place at the right time and being aware and in tune in the game. There were a lot of times with DeAndre and over the last couple of seasons where he seemed tuned out, not locked in, not ready to play. And from what I can see here and, and from the little I've seen him playing with the Bahamas, it looks like he's locked in playing for this team. So hopefully he brings that energy to the Phoenix Suns this season because when he gets his touches, he's going to have to take advantage of him because he's honestly the fourth option at this point, right? Oh, 100%. Absolutely the fourth option until he can prove differently, right? I mean, there's only one basketball. It can only go around for so so many guys, but very excited to see what DeAndre Ayton has done this summer. And like you said, Chris, Ayton even said, right? In regards to his teammates, uh, we got a quote here. The best teammates I've ever been around on and off the court. Just understanding how it feels to fight for your country and everybody on the same mission. I mean, it's just a different aspect when it comes to basketball. Comparis comparative to the NBA, right? But, ah, man. I think the last guy we got to dive into before I pull that clip back up is a guy that the Phoenix Suns signed since our last Passy outlet, which was Chemezi Metu. He signed a one-year deal on June 30th. 26-year-old guy spent the last three seasons in Sacramento. His best season was 2021-2022, where he averaged 8.9 points, 5.6 rebounds, and about a steal per game, playing about 21.3 minutes. Last season, it did kind of dive off for him. He only averaged 10.4 minutes per game. A little bit bigger of a guy, 6'9", right? He's listed as a power forward center, so he is a little bit undersized at the center position. But Chris, 
Have you seen anything about Chemezi? How are you feeling about him? Do you think he's going to have any opportunities to really be a part of the Suns rotation uh, this upcoming season? It's hard to say, you know. It's What's crazy is just when you think Matt Ishbia is done, he continues to make moves throughout this offseason. And signing Chemezi here, it, it could be could be huge. I, I don't exactly know where he's going to fit in here. It looks like he's a little bit of a bigger forward with a versatile skill set. So he could find his way into the rotation. And I, I think there's just a lot of unknowns with how Frank Vogel is going to coach this team, how small of a rotation he's going to have. But let's face the facts, Mike. At some point at time, at some point in time during the season, someone's going to get injured, whether it's Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. And so we're going to rely on these bench guys to come in and play some minutes, whether it's five games, 10 games, 20 games. We just don't know. So the deeper we can build our roster, the better. And I I could see him being a good fit. He, it looks like he's a smart player, attacks the rim, sticks with the pa- the ball there. He, he had a pump fake, finished at the rim. So I'm, I'm optimistic, all things considered. I... I think this might be the most depth we've had for the Suns in the last five seasons, honestly. Oh, I'm with you 100%. But Chris, don't bring out the bad juju already, man. The season hasn't even started when it comes to the injuries. But I'm just trying to be a realist here, Mike. You're a realist. I know you're a realist. You you watched the tape, right? We know what happens in regards to that. So guys that we didn't really think about possibly having opportunities for this Phoenix Suns team, you know, during the season, more specifically, you know, Tamani Kamara, Chemezi Metu. I still don't know if Bull Bull is truly a piece that's within the rotation, but there's going to be opportunities and there's going to be nights where guys get stretched. But, you know, these two plays are kind of funny when it comes to Chemezi because it's not really his strong suits when they say, you know, what kind of player he is. They say that he's shown a strong versatility within his game. But he really has a good touch around the rim, can back down, can finish with floaters. And they basically say he has a strong game everywhere except the perimeter. So uh, I love this is the opportunity for these kind of guys to get on the floor and work on those kind of aspects of your game to see if it can translate to that upper echelon level. So I love seeing him attack the basket. He does miss this finish first because he takes the contact but he's right at the rim to finish anyways. So you don't Mm -hmm. give up on that play. And then I guess the bank was open. Do you think he uh, called it? Did he call Senegal? No, there's a hundred percent, not a chance that he called it. (laughs) I don't blame him. I I've, I've banked in a couple. I didn't call the bank closes at five, but all the points count all the same. It don't matter. A bucket's a bucket at the end of the day. So, like I said, Chris, with the FIBA being such a big part of qualifications for the Olympics now, I just got to stay in touch. So we'll be keeping an Definitely. eye on the World Cup starting on Friday, and we'll see you know, what moves forward going on to the training camp for the Suns. Man, I, 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 I can't wait. I'm chomping at the bit, Chris. Bro, I'm, I'm excited. It's just it seems like all sports, I want to say basketball, but it seems like all sports are just a year-round thing now. And I absolutely love it, whether it's following the draft, the signings of the offseason, the tournaments. We had the Drew League. We had some Rucker Park games going on recently, especially with the in the age of social media. There's always basketball to consume. But Let's roll it, man. Reddit reacts. Let's, re- oh, let's roll right into it. What do you got thought, for us this week? 
I thought you would never ask. If anybody is a returning a viewer or listener to the the Pass the Outlet podcast, you know we normally pull Reddit uh, posts or whatever, and I'm honestly constantly looking at the Phoenix Sun subreddit, the NBA subreddit, and other NBA teams. But it is the off season, right? So not a lot of activity. Um, so I want to go and kind of switch it up a little bit, and we're going to go with some Twitter or X reacts for this one. And uh, maybe have a little a little couple memes here. So this first one I think kind of ties in to kind of bridge the gap here. Um, Mike, I want you to help me fill this out here. Um, this is the DeAndre Ayton apology form. And so we're going to fill in t- to DeAndre Ayton from Chris Patrick and Michael Benjamin. Uh, today is August 23rd, 2023. And so what was the reason for our behavior and why we doubted DeAndre Ayton? for so long was it the media convinced me he was done because i didn't watch any suns games i only looked at advanced analytics i just don't know basketball i'm i'm con- i'm constantly kind of leaning towards monty was holding Aiden back i'm kind of hoping that was the case yeah that's where i'm going probably the most you know monty had his guys and we know that the rift that happened basically at the end of that Maverick series a couple of seasons ago, I don't think that relationship ever was truly repaired. And we saw it a couple of times during this most previous playoff run as well, where Aiton's not joining, you know, the sideline, walking away, just general, just kind of shrugging off things, not caring. And sometimes you have to do that, but there's just glaring situations where it it puts you in a bad light so i think that relationship with monty soured a long time ago so that's probably the number one i'm putting a check mark on i'm also putting i'm jealous of deandre ayton man he's huge (laughs) i wish i was that tall and could just get up effortlessly i promise i'd be given unlimited effort as much as my body could handle at that point well, and that's what that's what's easy. I mean, even you at six seven, but it's easier for me and Tallman to sit here at six foot nothing and say like, "Oh, if I was that big, I would do X Y Z." But NBA is a different game. A seven footer is nothing even to even blink at anymore. It seems like every team's got a seven footer. So I, I'm, I, I'd admit I'd probably check that box too, and then I'd also check this bottom box. I will hereby respect DeAndre Ayton, and I will not talk down to the future first ballot Hall of Famer. Put it into existence, man. I hope he can find that kind of form and become just an absolute dominant presence within the NBA and live up to his damn nickname at the end of the day. Dominating, right? I mean, when you're a first round, first pick in the draft, you have a lot of pressure on your back, especially when you're in a draft with the likes of Luka Doncic and Trey Young, who are doing pretty good in their own right. But Mike, let's keep it pushing here. I mentioned we had some off-season basketball. We got the Drew League. We got Big Three League Slam Ball. But there were also runs going on at Rucker Park. And the young blood, I think he's still in high school, Cooper Flag. Have you heard of this guy? Oh, I've heard of this guy, man. He is a national media darling when it comes down to high school basketball. And, you know, we've definitely seen that transition as social media has become such a big part of our lives over the last couple of years. You can even think about Zion in his time when he was just killing it. But this kid, man, he's got something coming for him, I think. Yeah, no, it easily seems like even though he he just reclassified, so he'll be ready for the 2025 draft. I think he's looking at 
where he's going to play basketball. I heard he had some meetings with Duke and other colleges like that. Probably the best player to come out of Maine ever. I can I couldn't name another player that came out of Maine if we're being perfectly honest. But Cooper Flag here, man, he's he's not shy either. I heard he was even getting into it with was it Brad Beal at his own camp? Did you hear about that? Oh, I did. I think it was Brian Scalabrini, right, who dropped the amazing news that this 16-year-old kid was putting the work on to Bradley Beal. Um, show me the tape or I don't give a shit what you're talking about. It's not – it probably happened. Who cares? I need to see it. But at the end of the day, do you think Brad Beal is going out all effort against this, you know, 6'8 dude who's out there at a camp? No, he's not. But, hey – they the media finds a guy and latches onto him. So if they can keep feeding and making the notoriety of him to a grandiose level, you know, you're going to be able to get more clicks. You're going to be able to get more investment opportunities. And this kid is really building a brand for himself now. Oh, without a doubt. And I think on top of that, or, or maybe within that, he's showing that even whether it's a Rucker Park game, a summer camp, he's going 100% every time he touches the court. And I have tremendous respect for that because that's kind of how I try and be. Like if I'm playing against 16-year-olds, I'm still going all out. And I don't blame Bradley Beal for taking it easy at his own camp. I'm sure there were varying levels of competition. But without getting too caught up on that, you see uh, at Jarrell Harris – or Gerald Harris here, he says, I don't know what they're feeding these kids, but Cooper Flag is legit. Do you think there's something in the water, or is it just this is the new age of basketball as kids are growing up with the game and all the advancements? It's the new age. It's what we live in nowadays, especially with the AAU circuits starting at what? First and second well, grade? I mean, oh, these, these kids are being – groomed basically to be the best possible athletes that they can be you know not only are they doing one-on-one -on -one trainings to work on their basketball skills and hone in that kind of stuff but they're putting them on weight room regiments early they're getting them the right nutrition and these kids if they're really invested in seeing basketball as a future and doing all those things you're seeing some superhuman stuff from some guys early and Cooper Flag is one of those guys, man. I mean, he can jump out of the gym with the best of them. He can get up there and block. He can pull it from outside. I'm excited to see what happens out of this kid, to be honest with you. And we already know he's a little bit rowdy. And you know who loves rowdy? The NBA. Oh, without a doubt. And at just 16 years old, he's already six foot eight. He can handle the ball. We can see there in the Rocker Park game, he can dunk the ball. So he's only going to get better. Guys, he's 16. Imagine what he's going to do when he's 18, 19, 20 years old. This dude's going to be in the NBA, without a doubt. And I'm, I'm excited for the next generation, man. It's just going to be fun basketball to watch and hopefully bring more parity to the league. You know, the more talent the league has, the better the product is at the end of the day. But Mike, I've kept you waiting long enough. I know that this is what you really wanted to talk about. You are Valley Sports Plug resident sneakerhead, as some might be able to see over your right shoulder there. Man, Devin Booker signature shoe on the way. This might be the first look at the Nike Book One. What are your thoughts on it? Ah, to be honest with you, when I first thought when I first saw it, my first response was, no way, not gonna happen. Um, this is just fake news, right? But yeah. then I started to kind of think back on 
you know, if you're in the shoe world and you're kind of tapped into that kind of stuff on Twitter and Instagram, you know, the past couple of times that these first looks have come out, it comes to fruition. I mean, the main one I'm thinking about is the Tatum one. Uh, when that first red colorway, I think it ended up being titled the zoo. Uh, when that was the first one that dropped and everybody was like, no, this is probably just a sample that ended up being like one of the first colorways, if not the first colorway. So when I look at this kind of shoe and I know book was out playing and I think Casey Athena caught some photos and she posted them and basically blacked out the shoes. So you couldn't (laughs) see them. Uh, and then some people came out with, uh, you know, some different shots. It looks similar. The swoosh was all black and it was still an all black shoe, but there could be some tweaks when it comes down to this. But let's be honest, guys, like this fits Devin Booker, right? He's a, a low key guy. He's trying to just put his head down and go to work and his own style when he's walking into games. I know, Chris, we were talking about it. He's wearing some you know, oversized jeans, you know, maybe a white button up and some chucks. Like he's a simple guy when it comes to his style. So I'm not surprised that his first shoe is probably going to be a simple shoe when it comes down to it. But what do you think? How are you feeling about this possible this possibility? Yeah, I, I'm trying to warm up to it. I really want to, I was really excited when it was announced that he'd be getting a signature shoe. I think it's been a long time coming and Something he definitely deserves. I mean, I just in this last week, I've been seeing list after list, stream after stream about people saying that Devin Booker is the best shooting guard in the NBA. And he's finally starting to get that recognition league wide where people know that he is the dude. And so this signature shoe here, I'm honestly, Mike, I'm a little disappointed just from this side angle. Like it does fit his style. You're right. It's very minimalistic, looks pretty simple. But honestly, it looks like something Ray could put on and go skateboard in with how flat it is at the bottom. And I I just, I don't know. I'll be curious. I know Booker likes to play in those low cut shoes. So again, something I'm not a huge fan of, but you might be right. These first looks are often what we end up seeing. I'm just really glad the Kyrie nine never made it to market. Yeah. That one was a tough look at the end of the day. I was a little bit disappointed after the seven for Kyrie, man, that was such a great shoe for a couple of years. That was my favorite one to hoop in. Then the eight came along with the floppy tongue, and it just was getting in the way, started folding over after, you know, just a couple of playthroughs. And I mean, when I look at this, Chris, I'm getting some Air Force One vibes. I'm getting a little bit <laughs> yeah. of dunks when you talk about the flat foot. And I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I'll be honest. First models are always kind of a tough sell for anybody, right? Like the Tatum one and eh. the jaw one and. Eh. So I'm not going to be surprised when this finally comes down. I'm kind of like, eh, but is that going to stop me from buying multiple pairs and multiple colorways? No, it's not, Chris. You know, I'm going to be buying some, maybe one to rock and one to stock. So we'll Well, see. And that's the thing, though. That might be the silver lining is we know Devin Booker's not going anywhere. He's not going to take a step back. He's only going to continue getting better. So even if the book one isn't our favorite shoe, maybe the book two, the book three will only go up from there. I have a feeling there's going to be plenty of opportunities. We just got to make sure as a Phoenix and West Coast market that we're going out and buying those damn shoes. So they'll keep bringing them out. Yes, sir. Chris, anything else from Reddit Reacts you got? 
That's all I got, man. Like I said, it's the NBA offseason. There's some there's some clips out there. You can go and find them. But uh, I, I guarantee you, next time we do Reddit Reacts, like I said, we're I think we're 62 days as of right now from the NBA season. So M- NBA Reddit's going to be firing up. Suns Reddit's going to be firing up. And we're going to have plenty of content to keep bringing you for the over the next year and hopefully years to come. Just ridiculous, man. Well, that was past the outlet episode 13. Got to give a huge shout out and thank you to our guy, Ray Taylor from slam balls team buzzsaw excited to see what happens in the future with him. But Chris, man, let's keep it rolling. Training camps right around the corner. And with that being said, I'm Michael Benjamin. That's Chris Patrick. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Ask any baller. If, if you know, you know. The game has changed, but it's still the same. You want it, go get it. Shazam! The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. The shot on Elo. The Bulls win! They win it! Mike, you're honestly telling me that you're top five. Yeah. Top five of all time. No question about it. Booker, this is for the win. Got it! Wow! You know, one thing's for sure, over at Valley Sports Plug, you're never going to catch us slipping. With the first overall pick, the Phoenix Suns select. Three, two, one.